Okay, that's a really long walk, by the way. <laughs> it's such a long walk, you start feeling nervous while you're coming up here. Uh, my name is Tundai. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure for me to be here. Um, I'm going to talk about innovation. I mostly spend my time with large organizations that are trying to think about the future. Uh, when you meet a lot of leaders in these organizations, they're spending a lot of time thinking about how are they going to be able to respond to startups. It's funny how like, entrepreneurs have become rock stars. Like, when I was younger, if you told your parents you wanted to be an entrepreneur, they'd be like, are you crazy? Those people are crooks. You need to get a real job. But now, like, entrepreneurs are, are, are rock stars, and large companies are noticing the startup movement, and they want to be part of it. And so a lot of the leaders that you meet with are thinking about how they can make their organizations much more innovative. They do face the challenge that in trying to do this, they have to do this in the context of running their core business. And so because of some of those constraints, they make a couple of mistakes. One of the first mistakes they make is they're looking for that one big idea. This idea of like one good idea is kind of connected to some of the global education systems and how things work. You know how like when you were working at school and you were given an assignment to write an essay, you weren't allowed to submit options? Like you couldn't submit like four essays and then the teacher chooses your best one? Like you could only do one. And so like everything we do in organizations now is everybody's looking for that one idea. Like, this one idea is going to save the company. We need to make big bets. We need to find a unicorn, right? This is what people are, are thinking about. It. And I think this is a problem and a challenge, because if you do it this way, it means innovation can't be for everyone. The other mistake they make is what I call innovation theater. So innovation theater is when you create an innovation lab. And inside the lab is a business model canvas, sticky notes can't do innovation without sticky notes. <laughs> and inside the lab, you're not allowed to bring a Windows PC. It has to be Macs all the way. You need bean bags. You need whiteboards. And you need a couple of guys wearing jeans and t-shirts. Uh, yeah, the hipsters. And so this is a problem in terms of um, making innovation for everyone because it identifies a group of people and identifies those people as innovators. And that's a challenge as well. And so what we know from all the research is that the best way to have one good idea is to have loads of bad ones. The more ideas we generate, the more mistakes we make, the more likely we are to stumble upon something that works. And so this idea that innovation is for everyone and we should have loads of ideas just popping all over the place, this is not a feel-good thing. It's not a warm and fuzzy thing. Oh, look, everyone is an innovator. This is actually an imperative. You need to do this in order to find ideas that work. And so the real question for every organization that I work with is, do you have a repeatable process? Do you have something in place that anybody in the organization, a bright spark who has an idea, knows exactly what to do with that idea when they have it. And so I'm going to cover three things really quickly that I've been working on with several companies. One of them is how we manage innovators. And the other one is how we support those innovators while they're doing their work. And then the final one is what sort of tools do we give them in order to be able to do their work. And the whole focus of this is how do you free people up to be able to do the work in a way that they feel supported and managed well. So let's talk about how we manage innovators. 
So I've been in some companies where they have like idea competitions. And so you submit your ideas on an online platform, and then they choose a winner. And when you've won, guess what you've won? Ding, 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 ding. The chance to write a 35-page business plan. <laughs> Great. So then you take your idea and you go sit somewhere and you, and, you, and you write a business plan. Business plans serve the function of crushing your dreams. <laughs> because you have to make up a story about a five-year revenue moment that is not true at all, right? So companies treat innovation as if it's an execution challenge, but innovation is not an execution challenge. Innovation is an exploration challenge. Innovation is more like this. Innovation is as if somebody gave you a bag of puzzles. Like, if you have an innovation idea, it's as if somebody gave you a bag of puzzles. And inside that bag of puzzles, there's no picture to help you solve the innovation puzzle. It's just a bag of puzzles, right? And inside the bag of puzzles, there's no picture. And there are also puzzle pieces that have nothing to do with the puzzle you're trying to solve. <laughs> These are the bad ideas that we all hear about, like, you know, a uh, social, uh, social media ranking for a nuclear power station. Yeah. <laughs> These are puzzle pieces that have nothing to do with your business model, but everybody's talking about it, so you want a Twitter account for your nuclear power station. And you have to kind of pass these things out to choose what works and what doesn't work. And then finally, when you think you've figured out some pieces of the puzzle, you pull out a puzzle piece, and this puzzle piece that you figure out changes the other puzzle pieces that you thought you'd figured out. So it's a bit of an iterative mess that you have to go through. So in order to solve this, we have to build measure learn, which means we have to identify our assumptions, we have to run experiments to test them, and then we have to iterate. Now, if, you, if this is the way to do innovation, you can't business plan this. That's a problem if you try and business plan this. So just like we say, the best way to have good ideas is to have loads of bad ones, the best way to have like a good return on investing in innovation is to have loads of investments that don't work, that fail. So you have to make a lot of bets, financially speaking. Now, the best way to make bets is to make little bets, to make small bets. Right? The smaller the bets we make, the more likely we are to find something that succeeds. And when we tell teams they should fail fast, we don't mean they should spend $50 million to do it. This is, a, this is, this is not what, 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 what we mean. What we mean is that we have a build, measure, learn loop for making investment decisions. We invest a little bit, we track progress, we review what the teams are doing, and we double down on those projects that seem to be working. And we know that these teams are trying to solve a puzzle piece, right? And so as they're solving the puzzle piece, we increase our investments in their projects the more they de-risk the project, the more they reduce. The more puzzle pieces they solve, the more money they get. And in figuring out what works and what doesn't work, we throw away a lot of projects. It's the same as like spending two million on one project that fails, or spending two million on a hundred projects, and then only like maybe ten of those become successful. Right. So this is how you democratize and make sure that innovation is for is for everyone. Everyone is competing for twenty thousand dollars of a two million budget, rather than two million one investment, and then everybody goes for that. Right? That becomes a, a, a different way to manage. And one of the companies that I'm working with, Pearson, we've pioneered this concept called the Product Council. And the Product Council makes what we call incremental investments along the life cycle of the innovation project. So they make small bets, and then they increment those bets, and then they increment those bets. So that's, 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 that's really fantastic. Well, at least that's what I think. 
So that's how you manage innovators. Now, how do you support innovators? You know, lean back. Because they have to be taking risks, they need a system that actually supports as they're doing this. Now, all of you work, all of you, in fact, I, I can make this bet, all of you work in a company that has done design thinking training, <laughs> lean startup training. I, I get paid to do this. They're like, hey, Tendai, come do a workshop. And then you go to the company and you do business model design. And, or you bring them to a venue like this and you do like lean startup experiment design and everyone is fired up, woohoo, post-it notes. <laughs> and then they go back to their company and they can't do any of it. Like they go back to their desk in a cubicle. Like they can't do any of the stuff that they were learning at the workshop. And so what, what we're learning is that beyond just giving people training, the way to develop habits is to allow people to do the stuff that they've been learning in the workshop in their day-to-day -day work. And they can only do this stuff if you're making those incremental bets and working on these projects and giving them a bunch of catalysts or innovation coaches that are internal folks that work with people as they're actually doing this work. People have to be coached. It's, it's very easy for people to go back to old habits. Like I spend my time teaching leaders on how to make incremental investments. And the moment anything becomes hard, they ask the team, how much money are you going to make in five years on this thing? And then you have to remind them, no, 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 no. Right now, they're still figuring out customer need. So just ask questions about customer need. So these are things that have to happen in order to support teams in order to do this. Because if we're saying innovation is for everyone, when people start to find it hard, because it's a hard skill to, to actually develop, if they don't have a support system that allows them to actually do it well, they will just stop doing it after a while. So you need to provide them with a, a, a group of catalysts, a group of coaches that support them as they, as they do, do the work. Then the last thing is the innovation toolbox. So I want you to imagine that you've just joined a new religion. We'll call it the religion of lean. Now, in the religion of lean, we have all these principles, you know, fail fast, iterate, pivot, experiment, right? These are important commandments. Don't laugh. But when you start to try and bring these principles to life, you don't have any rituals, any tools, or anything that you can do as behavior to manifest these principles. So how do you know you're part of this religion if this religion doesn't have artifacts and rituals? And that's the problem that we have in most large organizations when we say, when the CEO comes on stage and goes, I believe in innovation, and innovation is for everyone. Then people are like, yeah, now what? <laughs> Great. Like, yeah. It's like the guys that were following Forrest Gump when he was running, and then he decided to go home, and they're like, what do we do now? Right? <laughs> so this is a really, it's a really important problem. And most of the artifacts for managing businesses and for managing projects in large organizations are an expression of a different philosophy to the philosophy of lean startup and design thinking. So when teams start working on projects, they've absorbed the, 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 the principles and they think they're good, but when they start, actually start doing stuff in their companies, they're handed tools that are inappropriate for the work that they're doing. And so what you want to do, beyond just teaching people how to do this stuff, you want to build toolboxes for them. Um, a couple of ideas, you, you, I think you've heard about the IDEO kickbox. My co-author Dan Toma built a similar box for um, Amdocs, which is a, 
uh, a global telecommunications company, and we called it the Nest Box. And inside it is a step-by-step -step guide of how you test ideas, how you run experiments, how you design business models. And people can kind of learn and practice these tools together with the, with the innovation coaches. At Pearson, one of the companies that I've spent the last four years with, we've built what we call the Global Product Lifecycle. My next book, The Lean Product Lifecycle, is based on this product lifecycle playbook. And in the playbook, we're like, these are the innovation stages, these are the puzzle pieces you're trying to solve. When, you, when you're trying to figure out this puzzle piece called channels, here's a set of experiments you can run, and here's how you do them, and here's how you interpret the data, et cetera, et cetera. So people start to get artifacts. And one of the key artifacts that we've been able to create is a different artifact for making investment decisions. So rather than asking people to write a business plan, we ask people to answer 10 questions right at the beginning. What is your idea? How do you think it will work? What are your assumptions right now? What do you still not know about how this idea will work in terms of assumptions? And what are you going to do to test those assumptions? And how much do you need in order to run your first experiments to test those assumptions? That's the investment request. This is a totally different artifact. It triggers different questions and different behaviors from all the people that are working within the organization. And so I think that the best way to make innovation for everyone is to create what we call an innovation ecosystem. Interconnected elements that work together from practice to management to strategy, all working together to support innovators as they do their work. And so back to our Mr. Brightspark, my question for you going forward and as you go back to your organizations is, what are you going to do to make sure that every individual in your organization knows what to do when they have an idea? Because until you set that process up, innovation will not be for everyone within your companies. I've been Tendai Vicky. I'll be Tendai Vicky when the conference is finished. Thank you very much. <laughs>